Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah. I, I don't need to understand the technology because the technology, again, is Justin Goodman, as we were talking earlier, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, I'm an old guy. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know that sounds terrible, but it's. No, but it's also true. It's not just an it's, it's more of an explanation. I know there's older people that are really, really good with technology. Um, Listen, I you know you consider me a younger guy, and there, but there's people half my age who know things about technology oh, that are totally amazing. foreign to me now. So I, I'll still remember. I'm talking with Justin Goodman uh, uh, with Red Coat Waste Project, and I still remember. I can remember where I was, and this had to be, my God, I don't know, 15 years ago or more. And there was a, a young kid sitting at a place uh, in downtown, and I see him with the drop menu from the top, like scrolling down. And I looked at my phone, and I and I asked him. His mom was there. I said, "What do you?" He he said, "Oh, look!" And it's like, "Oh my God!" I didn't even know. <laughs> didn't even, you know that drop down that has all the yeah. recent things. So I learned from young, I learned from young people. I learned from young people. I don't think I've learned anything about technology from people my age, but. So be it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> whitecoatwaste.org, whitecoatwaste.org. Justin Goodman, I'm delighted to have you back on. It's a pleasure, Lily. So let, you've got a lot, had a lot of always victories, tremendous victories. Tell me a little bit about the startup with White Coat Waste for new listeners. A little bit about the background. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, thanks. Um, so White Coat Waste Project is a nonprofit taxpayer watchdog group. I started here about six years ago. I was the first uh, full-time employee. We now have about 15 employees. And we're a taxpayer watchdog group focused specifically on ending taxpayer-funded animal experiments, which cost Americans about $20 billion a year. That's billion, billion folks with a B. B. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 20 exactly. No, no. I mean, it, it, it warrants repeating many, many times. Uh, $20 billion of our tax money is wasted every year on painful, cruel, unnecessary animal experimentation that tortures animals and does not improve human health. And our organization is dedicated to a system we call our system fed, finding, exposing, and defunding taxpayer-funded animal experiments. And these are experiments funded by the National Institutes of Health on dogs and monkeys, uh, experiments being funded by other agencies like the EPA, forcing mice and rats to inhale, things like diesel exhaust, um, stupid experiments at the National Science Foundation, like forcing animals like shrimp and turtles to run on treadmills. So the the range, you know, the the experiments that we're being forced to pay for on animals really range from the silly to the sadistic, and and don't translate again to progress. I mean, I know the experimenters and those are are making an awful lot of money, employing an awful lot of people, but it doesn't translate. And I remember, I'm not connecting the two organizations, uh, folks from PETA years ago talking about how uh, 90 plus percent of drug tests on animals do not translate to humans any more than if they did 
you know, a, a, I don't know, a flea thing on humans. It probably wouldn't translate to dogs. I, it just, it's like, so this was tested on, on what? Uh, you know, on a rabbit, on a, it just, I mean, you think about it, it's insane. It, on the surface, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, you, you think about in 2022, we're carrying some of the most powerful computers we've ever dealt with yeah. in our pocket. And we can do tremendous things with technology. And there's technology now that exists in the field of medicine, things like organs on a chip, where they build a miniature human organ out of human cells and they can model diseases and test drugs. And they're more accurate than forcing a dog to swallow an experimental drug or injecting something into a, into a monkey. Uh, and the National Institutes of Health, which is a federal agency, it's the single largest funder of animal experimentation in the world, the National Institutes of Health, while it spends about half of its $40 billion budget on animal experiments, it estimates that 47% of all the research it funds involves animal experimentation. So you have the leading funder of animal experiments in the world admitting on its website that 90% of the drugs that pass animal tests fail in humans because the drugs don't work or they're dangerous. And that's where the waste part of our name comes in. So the White Coat Waste Project. White Coat is a reference to the experimenters wearing white coats. And then the waste part is exactly what you mentioned, Louie, is the fact that tax dollars are being wasted, animals' lives are being wasted, time, an enormous amount of time, years and decades of time are being wasted on these dead-end experiments that are not improving human health, but they're making bureaucrats in the government and white coats at colleges and universities incredibly wealthy. And that's, that's, that is just bizarre to me. Again, it's tax dollars. I know you said I'm repeating it, but it's tax dollars. These are your tax dollars spent for a hell and torture of the animals and just waste, wasted tax dollars. So however yeah, you want to look at it both, the fact that some people may say, well, if it helps humans, and I disagree with that, yet... Okay, but it doesn't. And That's right. The majority of the public agrees. If you look at yeah. poll, I mean, certainly we do lots of internal polling. We field national polls every month looking at different questions, different animal testing issues. Uh, a majority of the public, whether you're looking at our polls or polls by organizations like Pew Research who are independent, well-respected, show that a majority of the public, a majority of taxpayers oppose, tax, oppose animal experiments, yet we're being forced to pay for it. And that's that's where we come in is we're trying to cut the funding uh, on behalf of taxpayers on behalf of animals because taxpayers we believe should not be forced to pay for animal experimentation that's wasteful and that most people oppose so our challenge to the experimenters which is a little different than other organizations approach to this is take the federal money out of the equation because the federal government is funding about two-thirds of all animal testing in the united states so the overwhelming majority of animal testing in the U.S. is funded by our tax dollars. Take that out of the equation. And if you're an individual who supports animal testing and you want to fund it, yeah, there's plenty it. of charities that would happily take your money and fund animal experimentation. But you can choose to do that if you want to. But right now what's happening is Uncle Sam, people like Anthony Fauci at the National Institutes of Health who funds might be responsible for funding more animal experimentation than any other single individual in the government. Um, right now, they're forcing us to pay for something we don't like, we don't want, and we don't need. Wonderful. Justin Goodman from whitecoatwaste.org, White Coat Waste Project, online at whitecoatwaste.org. We've got links up at Louis B. Free, Louis Free Show, and 
WFMJ. I have to remember that the young techies yeah. I always <laughs> refer to. So, yeah, uh, people can find us on social oh, media at White Coat Waste, Waste at all the platforms, whether it's, I'm going to have to remember all the platforms now, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, we're all over the place, at White Coat Waste. That's wonderful, and lots of information there at the site. So let's talk about, uh, you want to start about the success with the Beagle, Beagle Gate? Yeah, absolutely. Please sure, tell thank us. You. Great uh, success. Yeah, so last year we launched a campaign that went viral called BeagleGate and BeagleGate was focused on exposing and ending uh, experiments being funded by Anthony Fauci's division at the National Institutes of Health which is the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID so I'll say NIAID for short so we don't have all that word salad there so Fauci's NIAID was funding horrible experiments on dogs and we exposed a series of them, I think seven to date Things that included experiments in Tunisia where they were uh, infesting, sedating dogs and infesting them with flies, locking them in cages outside overnight so they'd be infested with flies. Um, Experiments in which they were being uh, force-fed experimental drugs for months on end in in, uh, tests for for new treatments. Um, and they were using puppies, six-month-old puppies, and debar- cutting them out their vocal cords so they couldn't bark in the laboratory. We exposed experiments being funded by NIAID at uh, Kansas State University, where they're infesting beagle puppies with hundreds of ticks, uh, and then killing the dogs and using ticks and other experiments. Um, and then most recently, we exposed a series of five new experiments that Fauci's division at NIH was planning to fund for, at a cost of $1.8 million to taxpayers where they were testing a new treatment for hay fever, so seasonal allergies. And they were going to do this in five different tests on beagles as young as six months old where they were going to be force-feeding them and forcing them to inhale this new experimental drug. And we obtained documents through the Freedom of Information Act exposing those tests, but also showing that these tests were unnecessary, that the use of dogs was completely unnecessary, but was being planned anyway. So we did a big expose, it went wild in the media, and then we worked with Senator Joni Ernst, Republican from Iowa, who's one of our waste warriors. We've repeatedly given her awards for her outstanding work to expose wasteful spending on animal experiments in the government. She wrote a letter to Anthony Fauci basically demanding answers about why he was going to be funding these unnecessarily unnecessary dog tests with tax dollars. And lo and behold, he responded and said, I'm writing to confirm that we've decided to cancel these tests, these five tests on dogs that we're going to, again, we're going to cost taxpayers $1.8 million. Um, These dogs are going to be tortured and killed for no reason in tests that, as you mentioned earlier, fail 90% of the time. And thankfully, taxpayers are being saved. You know, their harder money is being saved. Puppies' lives are being saved. Uh, public health is being improved. It's really a win-win for everyone. And interesting that how you are able to uh, how that that people in government, that people in Congress, etc., are open to hearing it. I love that how you are able to contact them, and they're open enough. Some are open enough to listen. An act. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and we are, you know, we're incredibly grateful for the support of members of Congress across the aisle. I mean, they have very, obviously, their docket's full with issues that 
constituents and advocacy groups and other members of Congress are putting on their putting you know that are coming across their desk uh, their attention is split a million different ways and we're so grateful that we were able to get this issue on their radar and get them engaged and taking action and making it a priority and you know people don't have to you know on the Fauci stuff in particular we have support from Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill. No matter how you feel about Fauci on other issues, yeah. whether it's vaccines or masks or COVID response or whatever the case may be, people, reasonable people on both sides of the aisle can agree that taxpayer dollars should not be spent to torture puppies. So even though we have people with disparate interests, disparate opinions on Anthony yeah. Fauci, disparate opinions on all kinds of things, we're able to... You know, this is this is we're incredibly proud of this because this is why our organization exists to unite people across the political spectrum yes. to take action to save animals and save taxpayer dollars, and that's something we think everyone should agree about, and an increasing number of people do, and including folks on Capitol Hill. And that's wonderful, Justin Goodman, because again, when you say across the, that's how our government is supposed to work. It shouldn't be polarized on every issue. Well, if that side likes that issue then I've got to dislike it. It, it. It's about people, not parties. So I always say it's about we the people, not not the parties. And I'm That's delighted, exactly right. I'm delighted, Justin, that they're open enough to, to hear that. I say, keep saying that. But you're, the magic of White Coat Waste Project and the ability to do that, I think, is fantastic. I know it's fantastic. And again, all the problems. Yeah, you know, this issue was, you know, this is an old issue. You know, we're, we've taken an old issue and reframed it in a new way. Animal experimentation is a 2,000-year-old issue, really. In the U.S., the movement to start animal test to stop animal testing began in the 1800s. So it's an old issue, but it became politicized unnecessarily. It became a thing that was seen as a left-wing issue, a furry, you know, kind of liberal thing. When actually, when you start looking at the cause of the problem, Uncle Sam is the biggest culprit. And if you're skeptical of government. In other areas of life, then you should also be skeptical of That's government right. when it comes to how they're, you know, how, how taxpayer dollars are being spent and how animals are being treated. And that's what we've been able to do is galvanize support from people in the center and the right who typically saw this as a left wing issue, mm-hmm. uh, help them understand that this is something people in the center right should be concerned about, whether they care about animals or wasteful government spending. Or both. Um, or both. Exactly. Exactly, Lily. Or both. And it turns out. There's a lot of people who care about both. That's We're a country wonderful. of dog lovers. Yeah. Where, you know, the country is playing, you know, has been for a long time, pretty much split 50-50 politically. And this is an issue that appeals to everyone, no matter what your interests are. And we've stripped away the partisan nonsense that surrounded the issue for too long. And I've been able to bring people together and bring people who are hostile towards these issues along as leaders now on these issues. And, you know, I was talking... I was listening to an interview the other day with Congresswoman Dina Titus, uh, a Democrat from Nevada, from Las Vegas. Uh, she was talking about some of the work we've been doing together, which you know, you and I could talk about in a little bit. But she was talking about our work to end dog and cat testing at the Department of Veterans Affairs and said the same thing. She said, you know, I'm working with Congressman Brian Mask, Republican from Florida, on this issue. I don't think we would ever, and she said, I don't think we would ever vote together on anything. But here's one area where we do agree, we can agree, we do agree, and we're working together to do something about it. And if that was all they agreed on and worked together on, that would be great. I mean, that would be okay. Yet, now the door is open, 
And that now it's like, well, you know, I think they'll at least listen to each other. Where they may have just, well, you like that, I can't like that. You know, you're for that, I'm against that. Now, because they've come together on the issue of taxpayer-funded horrific animal experimentation, now they can, you know, it opens the door for hopefully other collaborations that they can get involved with. And again, people, Justin, people that I've spoken with, you know, um, I'll, I'll tell them about some of the experiments that are happening. And, and they'll, they'll be horrified. I said, well, remember, you're paying for it. You're funding it. And if you're horrified, you need to go to whitecoatwaste.org and get involved. I'm serious. I mean, because people, I think when you describe these to, I, let me rephrase that. I hope that when you describe these experiments to that that 99% of the people are going to be horrified there may be that evil 1% that that somehow gets joy out. I, I don't know i don't know uh schadenfreude the joy the suffering of others uh, it but they when they find out that it's their dollars where you, i say you're paying for it it's like what well this these experiments are taxpayer funded that's when people really flip out that's right that's right like, yeah people didn't realize i mean for so long I, you know i've been doing this since i've basically been doing full-time work to end animal experimentation since 05 wow. um so almost 20 years 17 years yeah. and even now i find you know certainly it's changed over the past few years as a result of the work we're doing and i'm really proud of that but I still find a lot of people think, you know, cosmetics companies are the problem, drug companies yeah, are the problem. Right, yeah. And, you know, cosmetics testing on animals is basically non-existent now. Uh, drug companies do most of their animal testing because the government forces them to, not because they want to and they think it's the best science. They actually think it's a waste of time and a waste of money and it costs them a lot and it sends them down dead ends and misleads them all the time and wastes billions of dollars on drugs that never should have advanced. Um, and the common denominator when it comes to animal testing turns out, in most cases, it's the government. And so you can't boycott, unless you, you know, want to go to jail for not paying your taxes, you can't really boycott the government. So what we do is we come in and we give people other ways where they can, you know, take action and speak up and join the war on waste and get the government to stop wasting their money. So. You know, we have ad- big advocacy campaigns where we're encouraging our members to tweet at members of con- tweet at members of Congress, make phone calls, send emails, show up to town hall meetings, uh, call in to telephone town halls, make their voices heard. Uh, and there's really so many things that people can do to make their voices heard and take action against taxpayer-funded animal experiments. You know, with, beyond just you know boycotting uh, a product yeah. because boycott here doesn't work. Um, but members of Congress listen to what their constituents have to say. If, if you know, if enough of them think, you know, if they're making enough phone calls and emails, which we see time and again is happening, you're going to get that issue on the radar. And social media get, posting. I'm sorry. And social media. No, it, it, that's exactly right. I mean, social media is such an important tool to get the attention of members of Congress who otherwise it might have be, you know, be difficult to get access to. So, you know, social media, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, I think, for yeah, most people. I agree. Um, but certainly for animals in taxpayer-funded labs, it is a gift that allows us to amplify the me- our message far and wide to tens, if not hundreds of millions of people around the world 
um, who have a stake in this. Um, you know, certainly 300 million plus Americans should, you know, have a way to contact their government and say they don't want to be forced to pay for dog torture. And we're here to be the home for them to do that. And, you know, we're really proud of it. You know, in addition to the Eagle Gate victory we used recently had about against those uh, tests on puppies with Senator Ernst, we've had a lot of victories in the war on waste in the past couple months as we've worked on the federal spending bills for next year. So one of the things I think you and I have spoken about previously is the fact that so much taxpayer money from the National Institutes of Health is being sent to foreign countries for animal mm-hmm. testing. And kind of the poster child for that, for the last couple of years at least, has been the Wuhan mm-hmm. Institute of Virology, where the FBI and many others think the COVID pandemic started as a result of a lab leak. And we were the first to expose back in April 2020 how Anthony Fauci had funded dangerous coronavirus experiments on animals at the Wuhan Institute of Virology with U.S. taxpayer dollars that in which they were supercharged they were taking coronaviruses from the wild in bats supercharging them in this lab to make them more dangerous to human beings and then injecting them into quote-unquote humanized mice and seeing what would happen and what happened is the the viruses became thousands of times more deadly killing animals uh and again the fbi and others believe that a leak an accidental leak out of that lab is what caused the pandemic uh, as you might imagine, there's very little accountability and transparency about how our money is being spent, particularly in a country like China, where the government controls the government, everything, everything. Yeah. and they've completely op- uh, obstructed any type of investigation into the lab um, by the WHO. Certainly, they're not going to let the U.S. authorities in there. So we don't really know what happened. So we're shipping over tax dollars to these dangerous labs, and we have no idea what, no idea what they're doing. There. Yeah. But you've had also some found, victories. Go ahead. Yeah, and we've had some victories. And, you know, I'll just give one other example of what's oh, happening Sorry. abroad. No, no, it's fine. Um, we exposed a couple months ago that the NIH was also shipping tax dollars to a Kremlin-run lab in Russia in St. Petersburg where they were crippling and killing cats. And they sent over a half a million dollars there as recently as November 2021, so just a few months ago. So these, these are countries that the U.S. government considers hostile nations, foreign adversaries, yet we are funneling our taxpayer dollars into their government labs. Again, and we don't know what's happening there. At the very least, animals are being tortured with tax dollars in, gov- in foreign labs where, we, where there's very few protections for animals. At the worst, they're doing things like causing pandemics that are killing millions of people. And we have no control over what's happening there. So we were able to rally Democrats and Republicans in Congress to pass legislation through the House of Representatives um, that would completely defund, cut taxpayer funding for over 30 labs in Russia and China that are currently eligible to get U.S. money for animal experimentation specifically. So this would cut off the Wuhan Institute, it would cut off this lab in Russia that was torturing cats, and would cut off 30 other labs that the NIH uh, has given permission to get taxpayer dollars for um, animal experiments. Yeah, so again, there, there's still some hurdles we have to jump over, you know, have to um, get over to get this to the president's desk. The Senate still has to take action. But again, here's an issue where we're able to get people on the left and the right and the center to all come together and agree this should be a priority for Congress right now, is making sure our tax dollars are not going into labs in countries that don't have our best interest in mind. 
uh, actually might even want to harm us. Yeah, and we have that we have no idea. We're giving money and have no idea what they're doing with it and where it goes. So this, this, so this legislation, exactly. So this legislation we were able to get through the House so far or through the House Appropriations Committee would prohibit tax dollars from going to labs in countries that are considered foreign adversaries, like these labs in China, like Russia, Russia. like places like North Korea and Iran who are not currently getting money, thank goodness. Yeah, thank um, so that was one of our big victories in the spending bill so far. And again, we'll see what happens. Um, we also, we've started a campaign in 2016 to end the use of dogs and cats in experiments at the Department of Veterans Affairs. So the VA is another federal agency, spends lots of money on animal experiments. Um, we exposed that they were doing some of the most painful experiments in the government on dogs and cats, including uh, maximum pain experiments on dogs in which they were injecting latex into their arteries to give them heart attacks and then forcing them to run on treadmills. They were doing this to puppies. Um, and we exposed these experiments. We've, we, over the last five years, we have shut down nearly 90% of the painful testing on dogs at the VA as a result of our campaign, as a result of bipartisan leadership in Congress. And now we have passed language through the House of Representatives that would completely cut funding for any painful experiments on cats and dogs by the VA. So we're close to ending those projects um, through our grassroots campaign and congressional pressure. And this legislation, if it gets to the finish line, uh, will completely cut the funding. But at the very least, what we've been able to do over the last few years is restrict funding to prevent new projects from starting up. Which is absolutely fantastic. Again, you can get involved at whitecoatwaste.org. And as you say, nonprofit. Yeah, nonprofit. Uh, you know, so. we, we, we exist on many small dollar donations from regular folks across the country, around the world mm-hmm. even, who send $10, $20 in at a time. It all adds up, can, right? And it adds up, exactly. And we have members around the country, around the world, who are very generous and make this work possible. We don't rely on big foundations for most of our funding. The overwhelming majority of our funding has come from small dollar donors who keep us going, grassroots activists. It's wonderful. Who are taking, you know, we, we have doers and donors. We have people who are writing checks. We have people who are sending a little scratch through PayPal. We have folks who are signing petitions, making phone calls. We accept any and all help. Um, but yeah, we are a nonprofit. And we do exist on the generosity of, you know, compassionate people around the country who don't want to see their dollars spent torturing dogs in government labs. So if you can, please do donate to whitecoatwaste.org. You can find more information at whitecoatwaste.org. Justin Goodman is my guest. Justin, just give me a second to ID. You're listening to the Be Free Radio Show, Brain Food from the Heartland Copyright Be Free Radio Limited 2022, produced by the Lovely Miss Bunny Face in cooperation with White Rabbit Productions. I'm speaking again. As I said just before, if you're just joining us, with Justin Goodman from White Coat Waste Project. It's whitecoatwaste.org. I, I, forgive me if I mentioned this before, but I, a weird thing, and maybe I should say this to you off air, but since uh, someone very close to me says that my greatest asset is my greatest liability, there's no filter between my brain and my mouth. And she says, when you said say that, don't you stop and think, Maybe I should. I said, of course I think maybe I should. And then I go ahead and do it. Oh, well, there was a ProPublica where I've had guests on through my radio days for years, years. And they had a piece that uh, ProPublica, 17th of August, 2020, posted at 1.55 p.m. We've got it right in front of me. Here are six accidents that the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill 
had with lab-created coronaviruses. And Justin, uh, this freaked me out. That's why I keep a copy of it in my chaos here. And when I, I reached out, I freaked out, I reached out to him, and uh, they said, well, we'll get back with you. We'll get back with you. They didn't get back with me. And again, these are people in their PR department that, I don't want to say know me, but they know I've had, I've had a lot of guests on with very positive experiences uh, promoting their work. They didn't get back to me. Got back in touch with them. We're going to get back to you. We were just really busy. Didn't get back to me. Then when they did, they said, well, the the uh, reporters that wrote that are just not available. I mean, I, I, I said, I'm getting the brush, right? I'm getting brushed off here, I'm, you, you, right? Oh, yeah. no, no, you know, and, and never, and never. And I, that freaked me out, because why wouldn't they, if you have a story like this, and it's accurate, why wouldn't you want to talk about it? So I don't know what went on, but I found that very, very odd. If that happened in China or Russia, and there was a piece of media that, and I could see those governments shutting that down, or people saying, you know, we really shouldn't go public with this. In the United States, an organization that relies on donations from people, that just, it just freaked me out. It, it freaked me out. Listen, we've been dealing with that over the last two years surrounding the lab leak. I think the article you mentioned might have been written by Allison Young. Allison Young and Jessica Blake. Yeah, Allison Young is fantastic investigational investigative journalist. Uh, has been covering lab leaks and problems yeah. in government labs for decades. Uh, really fantastic. If you could have her on the show, that would be amazing. She's very critical uh, of labs doing dangerous experiments and the safety issues. I will try again. Safe, you know, what? safety issues. I can I'll always try. introduce you, but um, if you could you do that, I'd, yeah. I'd love that because again, I'm getting, I'm getting I'm uh, getting blocked at. The organization. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. To to that point, I mean, you know, we we have been held up by places like the Washington Post, um, New York Times has covered us, USA Today, um, Major Cable Internet on the Major everywhere has covered our work over the last six years since I started in 2016. At Science Magazine and Washington Post wrote about us as a picture of bipartisanship. Beautiful. Everyone loved our work that we were bringing together the left and right to work on this issue. Then, in April 2020, all, everything changed because we started talking about the lab leak and the possibility. So, number one, the fact that the NIH had funded experiments at this lab in China, in Wuhan, these dangerous animal experiments. And number two, that the coronavirus might have come out of there. And in April 2020, that was not a popular idea. It was seen as a Trump conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and right. And anyone who believed it was in that camp. And not only was it seen as a conspiracy theory, but it was actively being suppressed. So Facebook, Twitter, Google, we've dealt with censorship at all of these platforms, preventing our posts from being seen, putting up content warnings. Excuse me, uh, Justin. Google locked, us out of our, Google locked us out of our account. We couldn't even run ads because... They mentioned Fauci and the lab leak. That's and again, I, prior to uh, that, Facebook uh, put a cover on it and said like inaccurate or false claims or something on that article by ProPublica, a liberal yeah. organization. Yeah. So because that freaks, it was just yeah. 
Yeah, because they, you know, Fauci was basically Fauci was oh. being criti- criticized, rightfully so, yeah. for you know he's been a big he's been a big champion of this type of dangerous research for a long time, um, despite criticism from other scientists saying it's not worth the risk, it's too dangerous to supercharge viruses and to see what happens and then sc- screw with them in a the lab. People have been saying that's a you know it's an accident waiting to happen. Um, so we've dealt with a lot of censorship over this and alienation. And it was frustrating, but it's been two years now. It's been over two years now, and the world has come around to the idea because there's no evidence that this actually came out of nature directly. Now, again, agencies like the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the WHO is even saying that the lab leak needs to be investigated after dismissing it a year ago because it's the most likely explanation for what happened. Deborah Burks, one of the COVID response team members who worked closely with Fauci, just said the other day, that this seemed like it was ready to go out of the box and that it might have come out of a lab. Um, you know, so the world has changed in the last two years, but we've dealt with a lot of censorship and criticism uh, for our position on this because it was critical of the NIH, because it was critical of gotcha. Fauci. But the truth is, lab accidents are common. Allison Young has written about this extensively, both in the article you mentioned at UNC with coronavirus and elsewhere. Lots of accidents inside U.S. government labs. Many accidents don't go reported. They're not all causing pandemics, but they all have the potential to cause an outbreak. And if you look at the history of SARS, particularly in China, there were lots of SARS outbreaks in China. They came out of labs. The Chinese government covered them up. So why would this be any different? You know, and why is the government so insistent on not letting any access and, and taking databases, the Chinese government taking databases offline, not letting access to the lab, disappearing uh, data? It's just that we were funding. Very that we were funding. Exactly, that we were funding. Exactly, that we were funding. That we are funding. So we can't, you know, unfortunately, we can't turn back the clock and take no. the money back and make sure that research didn't happen, but we can make sure it doesn't happen again, which is why we've been working on efforts to cut funding for the Wuhan lab, to cut funding for other labs in dangerous places like Russia and China, and to work with Congress to put guardrails on this type of dangerous research so taxpayers aren't funding their own demise. Uh, you know, under Obama and Biden, there was a pause on this dangerous, it's called gain-of-function research, this virus manipulation research. They paused it because it was so dangerous and they were concerned it could cause a pandemic. It was quietly started at Fauci's behest, behest under the Trump administration, with apparently little or no input from the White House. And here we are. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that you didn't get a response. And by the way, the scientific community has circled the wagons on this issue because they're afraid of funding getting cut. They're concerned about losing their quote-unquote academic freedom to do research that's way too dangerous and puts people's lives at risk. Um, So instead, they're just, you know, they just try to censor critics. And again, in fairness... I was never able to reach Allison yeah. directly. It, the block wasn't from her. I want to be oh, yeah, clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. Yeah. I was, they, you know, but I was stopped at the PR department. Numerous no, times. Allison Young is a, is a well-respected, outstanding journalist who <sighs> knows this issue almost better than anyone else. Um and has been very public about her work and her concerns about it. So, yeah, I don't think she would do that. Oh, no, no, she, no, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. It wasn't her. Yeah. It was PR people. Say, you know, the University of North Carolina is closely 
involved with what's happening at Wuhan. The, uh, there's an experimenter at the University of North Carolina named Ralph Barrick, who actually worked with the experimenters on Wuhan on these experiments that were then kind of offshored over to, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The humanized mice they were using in the experiments were bred over at the University of North Carolina and then sent there. Um, some of the gain-of-function, these dangerous virus manipulation experiments were done by the Wuhan lab in conjunction with the University of North Carolina. So it does not surprise me one bit that they may not want to, yeah. you know, give you an opportunity to talk to any, you know, to ask critical questions of people on their team. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to support their work because, uh, the, you know, Facebook, that was the first thing that happened. Facebook covered it and said false false claims or whatever they, they do, false information yeah. or fact-checked and it was incorrect. What, Facebook, I mean, ProPublica, I, I, yeah, I get it. I, I get, I'm, you know, I can get a little off in conspiracy theories, so. But this is this obvious, is, yeah, so but I mean, this, this is, is real. Yeah, this is, it's not this a theory. Is, there's no it's conspiracy. not a theory. There's no theory, and it's not, I mean, maybe it's, it's maybe there might a conspiracy. be a conspiracy. I mean, based on the documents that have come out about how in early 2020, Fauci and colleagues privately were saying this might be a lab leak, and publicly were saying it's impossible, it's not a you know it's not a theory anymore. There was a conspiracy inside the NIH to hush this thing up and turn the attention towards wet markets and other places that the NIH had nothing to do with. That was there's a clear record of that now. Um, so yes, conspiracy yes, theory no. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact, and and we know that now very 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 clearly. I'm talking with Justin Goodman, white coat waist project it's whitecoatwaste.org and please donate donate if you can it's a nonprofit and again from people in this country small donations medium donations and certainly large donations and li- again literally around the world which is wonderful for the organization when you think about some of the things that are, are, are going on when you say that even when I hear you you've said it a few times humanized mice that gives me chills that that sounds like a uh, like a an old I don't know, 50s or 60s horror movie for me. You know, where they had the one where they had the giant rabbits, the one they had the giant tarantulas or whatever. You're too young to remember these. So some of them are black and white. But that's that. when I hear that, yeah. humanized mice, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a, a plot from an old horror movie. It's yeah. like humanized yeah. mice. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that what, the humanized mice thing is interesting because that's an issue that's bridged uh, animal people with pro-life people, which has been interesting for us to work on and, you know, a, a great way to bring together two different communities yeah. because a lot of these experiments with humanized mice involve taking uh, fetal tissue from aborted fetuses and injecting it or implanting it into mice. We exposed experiments where they implanted fingers from aborted fetuses into mice and then did experiments on the mice. Just all kinds oh. of strange stuff. Yeah. Um, but, the yeah, so humanized mice, they're implanting parts of human you know human tissues into mice to make their immune systems more human so then they can do experiments on them and that's what they did in wuhan they put uh human uh uh, human receptors into these mice so that their respiratory systems were more like uh human beings and then infected them with these uh respiratory diseases like coronavirus and pass them through again and again to make the viruses evolve quickly and then ended up with these very dangerous viruses that were killing mice left and right. There was apparently, documents have come out now saying that there was 
uh, a cover-up by the lab to make the virus look not as dangerous as it was in the reports they were giving to the NIH and that those the concerns about lab safety were not properly reported on time and um, yeah I mean stuff like it, it's my there will be, there's really gonna be very there's gonna be lots of books and a lot of movies made about this one day yeah, I'm sure. And, I'm sure. And, and this is where... And for us, I mean, what we want people... The most important thing we want people to come away with from this is that taxpayer-funded animal experiments are at the center, are at the very center of conversations about how the pandemic that has now killed millions of people started. It is very likely that reckless animal experiments in a foreign country that were being funded by Anthony Fauci and the National Institutes of Health and by taxpayers unwittingly might have caused the pandemic and it could have been avoided because scientists have been warning for decades that this type of experimentation shouldn't happen because it's too dangerous we went and outsourced it to wuhan and that's what it got us it's just yeah again just absolutely horrific absolutely horrific and you think again that this is regardless of how you feel about the animals it's taxpayer funded and the vast, vast majority, like 90% or plus, I think, right, Justin, don't turn out to have a relevance to humans. Yet they're paying for Absolutely. it. They have been paying for it. Other than you exposing it and White Coat Waste Project exposing it. And again, the media, if you go to the website, whitecoatwaste.org, and you'll see all kinds of wonderful media uh, for whatever reason, for whatever political reason, you know, because one side dislikes Fauci, the other side uh, deifies him, yet there's there's cross-issues here that attract a lot of media attention, which is wonderful, wonderful. When I've seen you on the cable stations, I'm like, yay, you know, I let out a scream at first, if you come on, I was like, oh, it's just a good on. Thanks, yeah, I mean, listen, I talk to a lot of people, especially in the center right, it's a breath of fresh air for them, because there was a lot of uh, conservative-leaning animal lovers who felt like they didn't have a home for a long time, that there wasn't an organization that more broadly represented their values. So even if they opposed certain types of cruelty, they didn't agree with the approach of some of the establishment groups, or they didn't like how partisan they were, or partisan-seeming they were, or that the establishment groups have such a broad agenda that you feel like it's a litmus test, and if you don't agree with everything, you can't be part of the club. But a white coat, there's no litmus test. Yeah. You just have to agree with this one. with us on this one issue. I don't care if you eat meat, hunt, wear fur on the weekend. That's not our issue. Those are issues that are deserving of conversation, of course. Yes. But I the guess. issue we care about and we're trying to unite people around is the one where we know people are on the same page and want to see change, and that's on this issue. There's more people opposed to animal testing than almost any other form of animal abuse. And we're trying to, to translate that that public disdain into policy change. And you do. And the success And we do. And, and we do. It's not, I mean, I know you, the, it, the, I don't want to say fight, the, yeah, the work goes, continues because there's so much of it out there. We've had major, major successes. Any other, if you're good time-wise, any other uh, successes, recent successes do you want to talk about, Justin? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll mention in the spending bills this year, you know, a few years ago, we exposed that the Department of Justice was uh, spending taxpayer dollars on what's called live, live tissue, tissue training. Yeah. And this is something the DOD did for a long time. It scaled it back some. But the DOJ 
was hiring a company to stab, shoot, and blow up live animals to teach certain personnel at the Department of Justice, uh, particularly at the FBI and the Marshal Service, uh, how to treat traumatic wounds. So what they do is they take live animals, they maim them, and then crudely allow the staff, the profession, the, the medical staff at these agencies to, to sew them up, and then they kill the animals. Um, what's funny, you know, it's not funny, but like the example of the NIH, while it spends $20 billion a year on animal testing and admits 90% of it fails, the DOJ is wasting money on this live tissue training, even though all the studies being funded by the Pentagon are showing that these human simulators that are like a full-size human yeah. mannequin that yeah. bleeds, breathes, yeah. yells, cries, can even like a human. die. Like a human. Yeah, they're computerized, they bleed, you, they can amputate the wounds, amputate limbs, have you treat with a tourniquet, all that. I've seen them in real life. I put on uh, briefings for Capitol, for members of Congress on Capitol Hill where they've done demos of these things. All the studies show that those are better ways to teach people because you're actually learning how to treat human injuries, not a pig or a goat or a dog. So we've been working for a few years to shut down this practice of the DOJ. And thanks to some bipartisan leadership led by uh, Cong the Democratic Congresswoman Madeline Dean um, from Pennsylvania, who's the vice chair of the Judiciary Committee, she uh, led an effort successfully to cut funding for live tissue training in the Department of Justice in this year's spending bill. So the DOJ, should this get to the president's desk, will not be able to spend taxpayer dollars on live tissue training, which is obviously cruel to animals and incredibly unnecessary and wasteful and a worse way to train people. So if we want the DOJ to be properly trained in case there's an emergency right. and they need to treat a traumatic injury, you want someone who's trained on a human, not someone who practiced on a pig. Yeah, right. uh, certainly if I had to choose, that's what I'd pick. Um, and, then, and that's borne out by the research that's been the comparative research that's been done by the government with taxpayer dollars. So a lot of this is getting, you know, a lot of this is honestly just getting the government to follow the, the, the research that it, it's that the only research that it's done, right? Yeah, so it works. NIH says 90% of animal testing fails because it doesn't translate to humans. Then, you know, let's stop doing our, it. For our, yeah, let's have our, the way our money is being spent reflect that. Why waste that money? If the Pentagon's research is showing that live tissue training is wasteful and unnecessary, let's stop spending money stop on it. It's it, ineffective yeah. and inefficient. Um, but you have, and again, that's where the waste comes in, and white coat waste. It's people who quote about government waste for years, you know, stupid examples. I mean, we've worked with Rand Paul and Joni Ernst, yeah, I saw that. former Senator Tom Coburn, lots of people exposing different wasteful government spending. And a lot of it's silly you know, a lot of the waste we hear about, like golden toilets or whatever other kind of nonsense you've heard about over the years. Um, but when the waste involves torturing animals, that's what really captures the attention of the public. And because it's no longer innocent and right. it's no longer, uh, I mean, taxpayers are always the victim, but when there's animal victims, it's a different story. That's right. It raises it too much. I, of course, no one wants their tax dollars wasted, spent, spent on things that don't pan out to for humans, etc. Yet again, the animals are victimized, and again, yeah. to ninety percent fail in human tests. So why would you? On both ends, should be important to people. But even if it's the waste, people need to get involved with whitecoatwaste.org. Just if you got a couple more minutes, a little bit about how people can get involved. Donate, donate, yeah, donate, folks. Donate, yeah. donate, donate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, certainly we accept all donations as large as you suggest. 
or as small as people can make. Every penny counts. We're a small nonprofit, and we rely on them to keep the lights on and to keep people's paychecks coming and to, you know, pay for everything that we need to to do to run an organization like this that's making an impact on Capitol Hill, making an impact in media, and rallying the American public to take action. So donations are great. Whitecoatways.org, you can do that there. But in addition to that, um, going on social media, at White Coat Waste, on all the platforms, there is where we're posting our most current updates on campaigns, our victories, our progress, um, ways for you to take action. We do things like tweet storms where we're asking you know, millions of people to tweet at their members of Congress or, or key members of Congress to get an issue on the radar and amplify our message. Uh, this week, we've been asking people to call certain senators to make sure that the Foreign Lab defund and the VA dog and cat defund and this DOJ live tissue training language stays in these funding bills for next year through the Senate. Um, so we're having call-in days. We ask people to, I just sent an email to my senator about this yesterday. Um, so if you follow us on any of the social platforms or if you donate or if you sign up for our mailing list, there's going to be no shortage of ways for you to get involved and make your voice heard. That's wonderful. You all do wonderful work. I'm, I'm so honored to be able to have you on uh, as often as you're available because it's so, so, so important. And I get great response because it just blows people's mind that why are we funding with tax dollars things that fail nine out of ten times in human? You know, it's just, it's, yeah. and of course, exposing the cruelty and the horror to the animals is just, is, is bizarre. I've got to ask you one more quick question. How's your cat? Oh, <laughs> my cat is great. Mr. Little Jeans, our cat, is a Maine Coon rescue. We've had him since he was probably 10 weeks old. He just had his 19th birthday wow. a month ago. 19. Yeah. He just turned 19, and he's still going strong. He's a little you know, thinner than he used to be, but he looks big because he's got a big furry coat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he rules, he rules the roost around here. has me up early every morning. Of course. And of course, we the, go the, outside. He, lo- he loves going out in the yard and eating grass. And Is he a 4 a.m. alarm clock for you? I'm, yeah, I'm always, in so, his old age. In his old age, he's become a 4 a.m. Uh, alarm clock. Yeah, it's, and it's like when I hear the cat... Making those horrible sounds, I keep thinking, don't get up and do anything because you're showing her that if I come in the bedroom and yell loud enough or long enough, the old man will get up and put do something, treats or feed me or whatever. Yet I cannot. I cannot. I'm well trained. I cannot. As my every day, I think, don't do it. Don't do it. And then it's like. I got to do it. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't get up when he starts making noise, yeah. he'll he crawl do? up. Oh yeah, onto my chest and whap you. Bat my face. And you're showing just, for listeners. You're showing up. Yeah, it just gives you yeah, a little just bat my with face. Paw. Yeah, no, like, no claws out or anything. No, no. Batting my of course, face. Of like, course come on, man. Yeah, let's, let's go. Come on, Justin. Come on, Dad. Yeah, time yeah, to, exactly. So, yeah. so you, you uh, do yeah, it. You just. Yeah, exactly, and I'm happy to do it. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's. We love him so much. Oh, you, I know you do. I, 19 years. I mean, how many, you know, how many people in your life do you spend that much, you know, that much time with? Especially, I like with him every single day for yeah. almost two decades. So, which is absolutely wonderful. I, 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 yeah, that's and that's that's it's great. And it's great that he's 19. Obviously, you've cared for him very, very well, and that's I, I love that. One last. 
Are you able to go back to sleep? <laughs> because you're young, you can generally, right? When yeah, you get my age, when I get my age, you get up at three or four in the morning. It's all over. That's it. That's it. That's not, seriously. It's a, and I I read about it. It's an old person thing. You, it's like you're up. It's three o'clock. I'm up. I'm not going back to sleep. What do I want to do? Lay there and toss and turn and think. Sleep, sleep, sleep. You know, four a.m. Done. Just can't do it. Just can't do it. Yeah, I, this my wife. This is just funny. My wife is traveling this week, so I'm home with Mister myself. Uh, and I discovered this is a good trick for anyone out there who's dealing with what Louie and I are dealing with with our, with our uh, tenacious cats. Is I slept in a different room. Oh, and he didn't bother me. That's brilliant. It's the bedroom. That's... It's the bedroom that he is. So you know, he learns sure. the bedroom if he scratches a door and comes up on the bed yeah. and does all the stuff in there that I'll get up. But I slept in a different room this week and he didn't. He, he never found me. No, I woke up and he was still sleeping. I woke up at like a reasonable hour and he was still sleeping. So oh, that's that's I brilliant. Might just have to, I might just have to mix it up and work my way around the house. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> Maybe by the you know the time you go back to the other room, he'll be. I don't know where he is. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And by the way, it doesn't matter. Forgive me for going on and on. It doesn't matter how much yeah. food you leave out or treats you leave out. It doesn't matter. They, and they, they, they love that interaction. They love the interaction. Yeah. It's it's sweet. And I, I yeah. think we had uh, rescue rabbits for a few decades, and a lot of them at one time, uh, and very well cared for, of course. They never came in and woke me up for, for food. <laughs> But it's, well, uh, you know, listen, I'm just happy to do it. This guy's lived till 19. Oh, yeah. You he can it. have what he wants when yeah. he wants it. You know yeah, what I mean? I want to be the guy okay. who makes sure that he gets what he wants and he can have it and he can have all the treats and all yeah. the food. And Sure. Yeah, he's living yeah. the high life for as long as he As he should. As, long as, he can. as he should. Yeah, exactly. I love that about you. I love that, Justin Goodman, about you also. One more time. Donate at whitecoatwaste.org and go to get social at whitecoatwaste. And get involved, please, folks. Justin, yeah. you're the best. I just, I'm so grateful for the work that you all do and for you doing the gig with me, of course. So Anytime, really happy to, happy to be here. And we're so grateful for your support. Thank you. When you say, you know, anytime, you know what that means to me. I'll be reaching yeah. out soon. <laughs> I'll be back. Thank I'm you. I'm ready to go. Justin, thank you so much. How wonderful is this young man? And the work that they do, folks, the work that they do is just absolutely so important. So I would urge you, once again, to please get involved at White Coat. Thanks. Project, again, it's whitecoatwaste.org. And the social media, of course, as Justin said, white. Recording stopped. At White Coat Waste. At White Coat coat waste. I said that right? I think so. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.